We are learning Gusechan Parshas Noso and Chelik of Gimel of Lukutus In the Parsha, we speak about the karbanos, the, the sacrifices that the Nesim, the heads of all the tribes, brought for the dedication of the Mishkan when it was dedicated in the Midbar on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And in this Sicha, we speak specifically about the gift that was brought by the Nasi of Shevet Ephraim, of the tribe of Ephraim. He brought his carbon specifically on Shabbos. And the Medrash tells us that regarding this fact, we find that some of the things that were done by the heads of the tribes were not necessarily the way they were done in the way they should have been done, but Hashem accepted them nonetheless. And here, particularly regarding the fact that Ephraim brought the carbon on Shabbos, we find that the carbon of an individual does not push away the Shabbos. Shabbos comes first. But in this particular case, the carbon of an, an individual, the Nasi of Shevet Ephraim, did push away Shabbos. It was accepted and it was the right thing to do. And from here we learn, the Medrash says, how beloved are the carbonos of the heads of the Shvatim before Hashem. But further on, the Medrash continues, don't say, how was it possible that the head of the tribe was able to desecrate the Shabbos, even though we know that the carbon of an individual pushes away Shabbos. But in this case, he offered it on Shabbos because Hashem said he did it the way he was supposed to. He did it according to what I wanted because I said to Moshe that it should be done this way. So if we look at this at first glance, according to the first Medrash we quoted, that the fact that the carbon was brought on Shabbos was really not something desirable. But after it was brought, being that Hashem loves it, Hashem accepted it. According to the second Medrash we mentioned, that initially there is nothing wrong with bringing the carbon of the individual on Shabbos in this case, because the Medrash says that Hashem says, Ani amarti lemoshe, I said to Moshe that this carbon should be brought. But if we look into this a little bit more carefully, and we go according to the first Medrash, so we can't really say that the carbonos that the Nasi of Eshevet brought were prohibited, because how could we say, God forbid to say, that a Nasi will do something that's against the law? And moreover, and even more basically important, is the fact that Moshe was present, and the Kohanim were present doing their avoda, and the Levim were doing what they had to do, and all of them would have done something wrong, that's something that really causes us to wonder. So we have to say that according to this Medrash, the fact that the carbon was brought on Shabbos initially, it was the way Hashem wanted, but it was in what we call the category of Horasha. Horasha means that something is not usually done, but on a particular occasion, it becomes possible and becomes important to do it. And therefore the Medrash says that it was not done properly because it was something very, very unusual and it did not happen any other time, only in this case. So this means that we have to try to understand what is the way of thinking of these two Medrashim. According to one Medrash, the offering of the carbon was Shaloka Hogan, not desirable. And according to the other Medrash, it's not considered desecration of Shabbos. It is done the way it's supposed to be done. And not only that, but is exactly what Hashem wants because Hashem commanded to Moshe that it should be done this way. So these Midrashim are discussed in the Gemara. 
And in the context specifically of what was done at the time that the Beis Hamikdash, the first temple was dedicated in the times of Shleimah HaMelech, King Solomon. So there we learn that there was a massive celebration. And that particular year when they celebrated the dedication of the Beis Hamikdash, they did not observe Yom Kippur in the normal way. Rather than fasting, they celebrated, etc. And this was their reasoning, that in the times of the Mishkan, the sanctuary in the wilderness, the holiness of the Mishkan was not something that lasted forever. And they brought karban yachid, which you're really not allowed to bring, an individual karban from an individual person on Shabbos, which really is not supposed to be brought on Shabbos, but they did it then. So how much more so must it be done at the time of the celebration, dedicating the actual Beis Hamikdash? Because we know that the Kedusha, the holiness of the Beis Hamikdash, is forever, it never went away. And the communal karbonos uh, were brought at that time. So certainly they were able to do it because it was already done in the Mishkan with the times of the Nisim. So here we understand that according to the Gemara, the bringing of the karbon on Shabbos, which was at the time of the dedication of the Mishkan, it was not necessarily a harasha, as we said earlier, that perhaps it was acceptable because it was an exception to the rule. Because if it would have been an exception to the rule, the Jews later on in the times of Shleim HaMelech would not have been able to take a lesson from an exception to the rule for something that they were to do with the dedication of the Beis HaMikdash. So what is it that marks the difference between the Medrash that we learned and the Gemara and the second medrash. So we have to try to understand this several ways and the Rebbe brings these ways that we're going to discuss now. So we have another discussion in the Gemara regarding a Shevet, a tribe. Is a single tribe from amongst the Jewish people considered a community or is it a singular entity? So the Gemara feels, follows the opinion of those who hold that a shevet is called a kohol. It's not one individual, one individual tribe, but many people. And being that the carbon that the Nasi offered up was a carbon representing the whole tribe, so therefore it's not an exception to the rule. It is a communal carbon, and a communal carbon is brought on Shabbos. We have many communal carbonos that are brought on Shabbos, and it pushes away the Shabbos. And this is not necessarily called the carbon yachid. But if we think about the first Medrash, which says that follows the view that the Shevet is not called a community. And according to this, the carbon of the Nasi is like an individual carbon Yachid, which does not push away Shabbos because the carbon individual, which does not push away Shabbos. And the only reason they were able to do it was because this was an exception to the rule. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it that the Rebbe brings is that according to all opinions, a Shevet is called a kohol, a community. But the carbon of the Nasiyim, each Nasi who brought a carbon for his Shevet, took the items, the things for the carbon from his own possessions. Not that he went around and collected it from all the people. So now the argument is as follows. According to the Medrash, because the Nasi did not take the contributions from his shevet, from his tribe, 
So then it seems to be an individual carbon or carbon of an individual because it represents, seemingly represents only the Nasi, so therefore it should not push away Shabbos. And the only reason that they were able to bring it, based on what we said before, is because it was a harasha, an exception for that particular time. But according to the Gemara, even though he, the Nasi of the Shevet brought his own, everything was from his own possessions, but it was representing his shevet, he took of his own possessions to represent his very shevet. So really he is being related to his shevet, not to himself as an individual. And therefore his carbon is a carbon sibor, a communal carbon representing the whole shevet. And this of course is allowed to be brought on Shabbos. This pushes away Shabbos. So now let's review it again. If the Nasi did not take it from his shevet, then it's a carbon yachid. But on the other hand, being that the nasi represents the whole shevet, then it would be a carbon sibor. So now to understand this better, we're going to continue and we're going to learn right now what does it mean exactly when we say that Hashem said that this is an exception. So now let's see. According to the second Medrash we brought, where we said that it was initially the way it was supposed to be, and the Gemara agrees that he brought it, Shabbos, because it's a carbon seabor, a, a communal carbon. So if it's a communal carbon, we don't even need to say that it was an exception to the rule. But if we look at the words of the Medrash, and the Medrash says, that the Nasi did not do it on his own, but Shani Amarti Lemosha. Hashem said, I said to Moshe from East Sheva, there should be a Nasi bringing his carbon. So it seems to be not an exception to the rule, but a very special, a very unique command from Hashem regarding this carbon, which makes it, of course, an exception in this case. So now we're going to try to explain this. What is it really that's motivating the difference of opinion between the two Midrashim? If initially it was not supposed to be, but it was done as an exception, or is it something that Hashem wanted from the outset and he commanded it? So now let's try to speak about this. It, according to both Midrashim, all the karbanos that were brought in the Yemei HaMiluim, in the days when special things were done to celebrate the dedication of the Mishkan, and we never had anything like this, like this in future generations. So it was definitely Horasha. It was definitely something that was exceptional, as we have other things regarding that period of time. If we study them, that certain things happened and never happened again. But only because it was an exception, that's why they were allowed. They had a heter. They had special permission to bring up the carbon on Shabbos. But what does it mean that they had special permission? What does it mean that they had a heter to do something which was not normally done? So we could look at it two ways. If we talk about something that's prohibited on Shabbos and yet we do it, it means that the prohibition remains, but this is an exceptional situation, dedicating the Mishkan, which, push, which pushes it away. That's one kind of explanation for what we mean that this sort of superseded Shabbos. But we could look at it another way, and the other way is that it was permitted 
because really it was not prohibited in the first place. And this is really what motivates the two different ways of thinking of these two medrashim with which we started the sicha. According to the medrash that says that the Siyam did something that was not really proper and they, ha- they were able to have a heter, they were able to have special, a special injunction to push away the Shabbos, push Shabbos to a side, but after it was pushed away, the fact is, it's because Hashem liked it, so he accepted it. The other medrash feels a little bit differently, that this was originally never prohibited, it was permitted, it's something which was permitted, and in this case it was not really considered, malachot was not really considered a labor that's prohibited on Shabbos. And therefore the medrash indicates, or emphasizes rather, that it's not just that they didn't desecrate the Shabbos, but it's something that Hashem wanted, as we mentioned earlier, lo alpiv osa shani amarti. The Nasi did not do this on his own, but Hashem said it should be done, so it's not something that initially would ever have been prohibited in the first place. So now that we know this, we're going to continue with the following. We have another interesting medrash that says, when we look at the story of the Nisiyim, we're talking about the carbon of the Shevet of Ephraim. But when we go to the first Nasi who brought the carbon, because each one brought his own, so it says this is the carbon of Nachshon ben Aminadav, the Nasi of Shevet Yehuda, the first one to bring the carbon. So it says this carbon pushed away Shabbos, but the carbon of an individual does not push away Shabbos. So what do we see from this expression? That generally the carbon of the individual does push away Shabbos, but here it says this carbon pushed away Shabbos, but the carbon of an individual does not put away Shabbos. But if we look in the way it's written in the other Midrash, it says like this, the opposite way, and it says, Every time the carbon of an individual does push away Shabbos, but here it didn't. So the Rebbe is going to explain to us why it says the same thing two opposite ways. And the Rebbe's explanation is based on the fact that the difference in the order depends on the two ways with which we look at what does it mean, Docha Shabbos, that it pushes away Shabbos. According to the first Medrash, it pushes away Shabbos, and therefore it says over here, in all places, carbon yachid, an individual, carbon of an individual, does not push away Shabbos, because in general, you're not allowed to do it, it's not proper, but here, here it gets pushed away in this particular case, and it was accepted by Hashem. But according to the Medrash on the Pasuk, Zek Karban not the Pasuk that speaks about the gift of Shevet Ephraim who brought it on Shabbos, it seems that it's mutar, it's it's always allowed. This carbon does push away Shabbos. And then it says, however, the carbon of an individual does not put away Shabbos. So here we see that it's considered originally or initially to be the carbon of the community and not the carbon of the individual. Whereas according to the first Medrash, it seems to be the carbon of an individual, but it was okay to do it here. And we can apply this to what we just learned. When we say that this, this carbon pushes away Shabbos, 
it's because the carbon of the nasi is a carbon sibor. But according to the other view, the carbon of the nasi is a carbon yachid, but Hashem was very happy with it and he accepted it nonetheless. So now let's try to understand a little bit about the concept which we didn't really discuss. And that is what is really the value of bringing up the carbon on Shabbos? What is indicated by the fact that this carbon yachid should be brought on Shabbos? So we're going to go to a fourth medrash that we did not yet mention. And that medrash is based on a puzzle. And the Pasuk says, Mihikdimani va'ashalem, the one who, he who came before me, who preceded me, and I will pay him back. And we look into the explanation of the Pasuk. So we find that Mepharshim say that it's talking about Yosef, who is the father of Ephraim, that who hikdim v'shimer as hashabis at shalonitna, Yosef, came before there was an actual command to keep Shabbos. And of his own volition, he observed Shabbos before the Torah was even given. And the continuation is, and Hashem said, Yosef, you observed Shabbos before the Torah was even, was even given. I swear that I will pay you for this by paying your grandson, one of your grandchildren, that he will be able to, he will bring karbonos on Shabbos which usually individual does not bring, and I will accept it willingly. So this makes us wonder about the following. How, how does it fit to say that the reward for keeping Shabbos is, for Yosef's keeping Shabbos is, that he will bring his karban on Shabbos, which is not something that's normally done. So it seems that the reward is in an act which generally seems to be the opposite of keeping Shabbos, but rather it seems to be a desecration because we know that an individual does not offer the carbon on Shabbos. So, if we're going to say that the carbon of the Nasi pushes away Shabbos, and then it's considered something that's not so proper, it's some kind of indication of desecration of Shabbos, but it was an exception to the rule. But if it's allowed, so there's no desecration, it's not an act that has anything wrong with it or that makes right something which is normally wrong, but this is really something that relates to the actual observance of Shabbos. And this act actually not only relates to the observance of Shabbos, but it adds, it brings an increase in the observance of Shabbos. How are we going to understand this seemingly the opposite of what we've been talking about till now. So let's see. In order to explain this, we can take all these midrashim that we just reviewed and break them into two groups. There are the, the drush, the explanation, which indicates that these carbonos were not really proper, but this one was an exception to the rule. This discusses the general idea of the carbon of the Nisim that one of the novelties that appear from the fact that the Nisim brought karbonos amongst others is the fact that the carbon of the Nisim, in this case, the carbon of this Nasi, pushed away Shabbos. But if we look at the other Midrashim that we learned and the one we mentioned at the end, that Hashem says that what do we learn? If we look at the Pasuk, not the earlier Pasuk, which discusses the carbon of Nachshon and all the Nisim, and we had this whole 
discussion that we had until now. But if we look at the Pasuk where this fourth Medrash appears, Biyom Hashvi, on the seventh day, it was the Nasi of Shevet Ephraim who came to bring the Karban. Ephraim being the descendant of Yosef. And it indicates about the fact that this had a special merit, a special value over the others. In other words, we're really discussing two different things. In the two Medrashim with which we began, we indicate that Shabbos, we really are not supposed to bring the carbon of an individual. But in this case, it was an exception. But in the other two Medrashim that we learned, which speaks specifically about the carbon of the Nasi of Ephraim, not the others, that was brought on Shabbos, it explains that this pushing away of Shabbos relating to the general idea of the karbanos of the Nesiyim is actually one of the laws of Hilchas Shabbos that as far as Shabbos itself is concerned it's important for the Shabbos that the Nasi should bring his karban. What does that mean? So let's try to understand that. Now we will be talking about something relating to Hilchas Shabbos. And the Rebbe is going to mention two points over here that will clarify for us the resolution to this whole discussion. So number one, regarding Hilchas Shabbos, bringing the carbon is allowed. Not only is it allowed regarding the fact that the Nesiyim brought carbonos, and one of the carbonos was brought on Shabbos, and it was so special that even though it, over, it overrode the Shabbos, that was the great quality of it, and Hashem accepted it. But on the other hand, this is actually a condition that's required for the actual observance of Shabbos, that regarding what we're learning here, there was never something prohibited regarding this in the first place. And, or we could say that the bringing of the Karbanos of Shabbos is part of the mitzvah of Shabbos. And just like regarding the holiness of Shabbos, there are certain things that are prohibited on Shabbos. And there are certain things that are permitted on Shabbos. And each Nasi came and brought his carbon, and one Nasi came on Shabbos. And on that Shabbos, Hashem accepted his carbon. So now we'll understand what the first two med, first two med, rather what the last two Midrashim have over the first two. In the first two Midrashim with which we started the Sikha, we learned that the permission to bring that carbon relates to the special qualities of the fact that the Nasi brought carbonos. And the question there is, is it the fact that they're overriding something that's really not allowed? Or is it something that's permitted? But the, the Midrashim that we learned a little bit later in the Sikha which speaks specifically not about the karbanos of all the Nesim, but about the karban that was brought on Shabbos. So what do we find out? That this is really not something that initially was not right, but it was something special that Hashem loved, or it was Horasha, it was an exception to the rule, or something that Hashem commanded. But it's really part of the observance of Shabbos. And therefore, in both of these medrashim, we don't emphasize whether it was the carbon sibor or whether it was the carbon yachid, but the and that's why it was allowed or wasn't allowed if it was maybe not an individual carbon that represented the whole shevet. But the emphasis is 
that it is actually the carbon yachid and this is allowed on Shabbos because there is a very very special quality on this Shabbos that Shabbos feels that this carbon has to be brought Shabbos says yes it should be brought on Shabbos what does this mean and how is it not a contradiction one to the other so if we go back to the Medrash we learned earlier where Hashem says I said that this carbon should be brought on Shabbos it seems that this is something that's necessary for Shabbos that Shabbos says that this carbon belongs to Shabbos and it doesn't even fall into a category where it overrides something that's prohibited and therefore the Medrash says one shouldn't say how is it possible that they were Machalal Shabbos Hashem says I said and it should be done it has nothing to do with Chilul Shabbos and it's not an exception to the Chilul Shabbos and according to their Medrash that says that the one we mentioned at the end that this fact that Sheva Tefraim was able to bring the Karban on Shabbos is a different realm altogether. It's the realm of a reward for Yosef because Yosef undertook to keep Shabbos and kept Shabbos before the Torah was even given. And this shows us that it's not only part of Shabbos, that it's allowed on Shabbos when the Sheva Ephraim brought the Karban on Shabbos. But on the other hand, it is doing something positive in the mitzvah of observing Shabbos this carbon increases the holiness of Shabbos and therefore it was a fitting reward to the fact that Yosef of his own volition undertook to keep Shabbos because he added something to the observance of Shabbos he kept Shabbos before it was even given and therefore what was the reward the reward was something added to the actual observance of Shabbos regarding other Yidin relating to other Yidin that who was it specifically that had the schus to bring this carbon on Shabbos it was particularly the son of Yosef who brought a special carbon of Shabbos which made Shabbos even greater and here there is an added note to explain the last thing we taught so we'll be learning it right now because we still have some questions that are not answered Indeed, if we say that the Nasi of Ephraim brought his carbon on Shabbos, and this could be a reward for the fact that Yosef observed Shabbos of his own volition. And how do we see this? Because this adds a certain holiness in Shabbos. But what is the reason that this special quality added, this special Kedusha added to Shabbos, is coming from a place where it is the opposite of keeping Shabbos? It's great, it's wonderful, Hashem wanted it, but normally this is something that's not done. So how do we explain this? So here we learn the following. Let's try to understand what does it mean that Yosef observed Shabbos before the Torah had even been given. It had not yet even been given. It had not yet been given. So what does this show? that the observance of Shabbos comes from a, Yosef's observance of Shabbos comes from a place which is even higher than the place from where Nitna, from where Shabbos was given. Hashem gave us Shabbos, but Yosef's observance of it on his own before being commanded comes from a higher place. What does this mean? So the Rebbe says clearly, Nitna, that this comes from earlier and before Torah was even given and it's given 
to who it has to be given. In other words, any place where the mitzvah of Shabbos was commanded, where the mitzvah of Shabbos was given, is in accordance with the place that it was given. For example, sometimes we have slightly different things for different people according to who they are. And the Rebbe brings the example in Halacha regarding the observance of Shabbos, that what is the difference between Talmidei Chachamim, Torah scholars, and Poalim, laborers, workers, or ordinary folks. So we learn that all people, working people, heads of households, people of that nature, that one of the things they should occupy themselves with on Shabbos is to study more Torah. That's for them celebrating Shabbos in a holy way. But the Torah scholars, they should instead enjoy Shabbos through eating and through drinking. So what do we mean by that? So the Rebbe continues, so we have that difference amongst individuals, depending on who they are and where they stand spiritually. And this goes all the way until the general difference regarding Shabbos by Hashem. What does it mean, Shabbos by Hashem? So let's take a look. We learn that Hashem created the world. We open up Chumash Breshis and we read the account of creation and we read that Hashem said on this day that this should take place and it takes place and on this day that this should take place and it takes place and we go through the sixth day of the week and then when the sixth day is over it says Kibo Shavas Mikol Melachto. We have to observe Shabbos because on this day Hashem rested, took a break from all his work. What do we mean? When we speak about Hashem's work, what kind of work did Hashem do when he created the world? So we learned that it was a rest, a pause. Shvita means a rest, a pause from something, from speech. Being that we all know the Mishnah in Pirkei Ovos that uh, tells us that the world was created by Saramamoros with ten utterances and Hashem concealed himself in these ten utterances and that's how the world came to be through all the great concealment, each one greater than the one before until we were able to have a world. And so Hashem's pause from that is that he stopped creating. And this is what we mean that he stopped saying those utterances. So what do we understand from here? That in the world above, the higher world, not the world that we're familiar with, but the world that's higher than the world of speech, in the world where there is nothing ordinary and there is nothing that relates to regular ordinary things, which is referring to the Ten Mamoros, the Dusha of Shabbos is there's something higher, and that something higher is not pausing from speech, but pausing from all the descents and all the contractions and concealment, concealments that Hashem concealed himself in. So we find that all these things sort of don't really exist on Shabbos, like we learn regarding Gehenim, that all those, uh, whatever it is that goes on there, and all those, they all depart, all the negative forces and all the negative characters are not there anymore because at that time in the higher world, there is only a higher kind of pleasure, higher than the kind of pleasure that exists during 
the six days of the week as far as we're concerned, but this is even higher before there is even creation. And this is really the accomplishment of the fact that Yosef observed Shabbos, his Shabbos observance before it was even given, because what was it that existed in the Shabbos that Yosef observed? In the Shabbos of Yosef, we see that there was an illumination, a shining, a light from a place that is higher from the earth on which Shabbos was given. What kind of break is that? From a higher place than even the pause from the Malacha, where Hashem rests, Kibo Shavas Mikal Malachto from Olam Hadibor, and the pleasure of Shabbos in that level is referring to an even greater revelation. And that was the experience that we learn into when we see that Yosef observed Shabbos at Shalonitna before there was even the concept or higher than the concept of putting Shabbos into the world because Shabbos in the world, as we said before, means a pause from the malach of the world and here it's even higher. In other words, higher even than the Asara Mamaros and therefore the reward to Yosef for this observance of Shabbos on that level, it came in something that's the direct opposite uh, from Shabbos in our world, that a pleasure in the higher worlds, the highest pleasure sometimes comes down in the lowest way. And the Rebbe gives the example of a father and a child, that the father has a child, and what gives the father the greatest pleasure in the little things that his baby, that his little tiny child does, and it causes him greater pleasure even than the great intellectual accomplishments of his grown son. And according to all of this, we can understand what does all this have to do, this whole idea, with Yosef and with Ephraim, because we started out by learning that the whole discussion takes place when we learn about the fact that the Nasi of Shevet Ephraim brought his carbon on Shabbos. So obviously, this whole discussion of Shabbos and everything we learned about it and what is allowed and what isn't allowed and what's pushed away and what isn't is specifically taught relating to Yosef and his son Ephraim. So what is the idea of Yosef? So Yosef is from, word, is from the word Hosafa to increase and we learned that when Yosef was born he was called Yosef. Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher as we learn in the Chumash, when he was named, Hashem has given me another son. So the Rebbe explains here, Yosef Hashem Li, Ben Acher. Ben means a son, something that's a part of you. Acher means something other, something different, something outside. What is the idea of Yosef Hashem Li, Ben Acher? That the ultimate goal is to take an Acher, to take someone or something that's foreign, that's not connected, and to make it into a Ben, to make it into a child to make it like oneself. And this was mainly expressed and manifest in the son of Yosef, Ephraim, who was Ephraim. Ephraim was born to Yosef, and Yosef was in Mitzrayim, a land which was totally foreign to the source where Yosef came from, and a land that was totally foreign to anything of Yiddishkeit. And therefore, when Yosef called his son Ephraim, he explained, Ephraim from the word 
lahafros to make fruitful. And as the Pesach says, Yosef said, Hashem has made me fruitful in the land of my pain. In other words, Yosef was in Eretz Anyi. Yosef was in a land of suffering and a very, very difficult place. But what happened to him there? Hifrani Elohim. Hashem has made me fruitful. Hashem has transformed darkness into light and bitterness into sweetness, as we learn in the words of the Zohar. And therefore, specifically, he was the one who was able to bring the carbon on Shabbos, that when he brought this carbon, it's similar on Shabbos, it's similar to the idea of Anyi, it's similar to something that may resemble the opposite of Shabbos, perhaps desecrating Shabbos, but on the other hand, Hifrani. He has made me fruitful that there was an additional greatness, an additional measure of the observance of the holiness in Shabbos in the carbon that was brought, that it was never even considered to be in the realm, according to the Midrashim that we learned and the Rebbe's explanation of something which was uh, an exception or of something which was maybe doing something that maybe would be wrong, but here it was right. But to begin with, this was something of the very highest order.